This is Pastor Michael's Book Club on Restless. Let's get to it. So I expect that this, even as we do this, might be a little in, intermittent. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how many chapters are in this. But, well, maybe we should say we're starting a new book. Dun, dun, dun. So we've been talking about it in the past, but we're uh, working through Strange New World. How thinkers and activists redefined identity and sparked the sexual revolution by Carl Truman. Stood. That's uh, so. This is the kind of uh, briefer version of, or the condensed version of his larger work, "The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self." Mm-hmm. So I've read that, and both of you have read this, right? Yes, I've, I've read this read much. Some of it. Oh, so you've read so, okay. most of it. Yeah, I've, I read the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, last year. So, so but I'm looking forward to reading it again. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be working it. through it uh, together and talking through it. I'm excited. I so um, the rise and triumph of the modern self I found to be incredibly uh, profound um, because Carl Truman's an academic. You know, he's just assessing the situation, and then as far as like, well, where do we go from here? Even in mm-hmm. you know the rise and triumph of the modern self, he has like he has like a page and a half on like, <laughs> well, here's some ideas. Yeah. And then he's done. And so I think it'll be fun for us, too, just to think a little bit deeper about, sure. yeah. hey, where do you go from from some of these things? If Ooh, this is yeah. the state uh, that we are now in, what do we do? Yeah. Um, and so so that'll be good. But today we said, I, you know, yeah. I, well, I, I said, since you guys have both read, read ahead already, I said I'm not going to have time to read the first chapter uh, just yet. So uh, we are on, we're just doing the foreword um, so that... The foreword, and I guess, you know, there is a preface, but it's mostly just thank you to different people. Um, but the foreword is written by Ryan T. Anderson. Uh, it's probably a name that some people know. Um, I don't know if you guys have read anything or, or followed anything from him. Um, so Ryan T. Anderson, he does a lot on, on uh, you know, um, cultural issues. So he... He wrote a book, I think it was called uh, When Harry Became Sally. Oh, I've heard that, yep. And um, it was a book, it got a lot of uh, publicity because it, it had to do with you know transgender issues, but uh, because of its content, it was removed from uh, mm-hmm. Amazon and right. things like that, and heavily censored. All and right. so... Um, All right. So anyway, yeah, it's he's... A win. Yeah, it's... <laughs> right. It's, you're, saying, you're probably saying something yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, you're probably doing okay. So, yeah. so anyway, so he writes the the foreword of this book, and it at least gives us a little bit of some overview, some interesting ideas, maybe to uh, chew on before we actually get into the whole book. So, this, I, in some ways, I guess, will be a little bit of a teaser yeah. for the rest of the book. Um, if you haven't gotten it yet, um, I'll I'll definitely include a link so that people who are listening can can go get it. Um, I know some folks have already been sending me that they got it. Um, I should say, by the way, this is. I've had, um, just recently, I've had a number of people reaching out uh, just about the last book club through Covenants Made Simple. I know some different folks that have gotten the book. I know some different folks who are like, hey, I sent this to my family member who has Sweet. questions about these things. Um, yeah. And and I'm reading through the book with them or things like that. And so so it's been helpful Great. Yeah. to folks. You know? Sweet. It's and been- since our last recording with Jaunty, I've sought therapy and I've, I've been getting better since... Uh, <laughs> Since 
<laughs> too good. Too good. Well, maybe this book will do it, although I have a feeling that it will. Yeah, probably Where's won't the either. chapter on baptism in this one? <laughs> That'll be interesting. It'll maybe show up. It'll, we'll find a way to make it fit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, so this, uh, yeah, we'll just, um, I just wanted to say that because I, you know, this has been a cool Mm-hmm. a cool project I just like hanging out with you guys and talking about this but Retweet, yeah. I like that we record it because it's been I know it's been helpful to some folks yeah that's good can maybe good. double up what we're doing then can, mm-hmm. you know. yeah, but I don't sound too ridiculous I guess <laughs> it's been helpful to some people no they so. said you did they oh, oh okay okay they singled me out actually <laughs> like, yeah, actually yeah could you boot him off the show <laughs> that would be really good I'd give it five stars if we got him out of there you could replace him with AI or something <laughs> We have enough of your voice we could just there we go yeah <laughs> next episode is just ai you guys type it's just ai say. all of us yes how do they know it's not ai all of us now that's right there Whoa. You go. there's a thought right An there AI just breaking the fourth wall talking right. about ai right <laughs> what, now what is something that ai would never say yeah <laughs> it's an interesting question just it think is. Something. Yeah. yeah anyway anyways we are to the forward of strange new world um any i mean anything that particular sticks out to you guys. I know it's only a couple pages. Yeah, so on page 12 here, he kind of talks about um, the broad arc of what Carl Truman was trying to accomplish with his original book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, but again, Mm -hmm. also with this book, Strange New World. And he says, I would summarize the broad arc of this work as an account of how the person became a self and the self became sexualized and sex became politicized. Mm. Now, Mm. of course, the person of the Psalms, of St. Paul's epistles, and of St. Augustine's confession was also a self in the sense of having an interior life. But the inward turn of the biblical tradition was at the service of the outward turn toward God. The self that Western civilization cultivated up until a few hundred years ago was what Harvard political theorist Michael Sandel described as an encumbered self in contrast to modernity's unencumbered self. So... That's a really great point, I think, is that we're not, as Christians, we're not saying that there's no such thing as an interior life. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as individuals. We're just saying that the individual life, the interior life, your emotions, your feelings are subject to the reality that God has created, mm-hmm. right? And, and you, see that with, you see that with the Psalms, right? A lot of the Psalms are... Lord, why is this happening? Like, I'm, I, I feel this way. I'm, I'm down. I'm depressed. I'm downcast. I'm being oppressed. But I look to you, right? I, I, I turn to you. Same with, like, if you've ever read Augustine's Confessions, really great. Like, he kind of does the same thing where he's like, you know, these are the things I was struggling with. This is the sin I had in my life. But, Lord, you knew it all and you forgave me. And, you know, I praise you and I thank you. There's, there's always a turn from the introspection to looking to God. Right, but the problem is now is that in our modern society we've jettisoned God, and it's only just this self-introspection, 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 and that's obviously not going well, (laughs) right? Because when we make ourselves God, when we make ourselves autonomous, all sorts of weird things happen. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like you are an individual to a certain extent. Yeah, you are a person that has your own personality your own you know there's something about you that is distinct from others and distinct from uh, other the rest of creation uh, but 
actually the way that God has made the world is that um, you and your self is um, actually best fitted in a sense into creation as it is directed outward mm-hmm. and so you can't actually be just an autonomous self yeah. um, when we were we'll talk a little bit maybe about expressive individualism and, and uh, <coughs> how Truman uses <coughs> uses that idea but uh, that you can't uh, you lose everything when you are a self in that way. Really, what we yeah. would term this biblically is it's literally <laughs> selfishness, yes. right? It's yes. self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't be the center. So, uh, you know, one of the, the images that you have in Romans 1 uh, as uh, creation, specifically man, as man turned uh, away from God, what ends up happening is there's this kind of turning away from God that turns inward, and it slowly begins to worship creation, yep. and then it turns to worshiping man himself, mm-hmm. um, and it and it leads to um, you know in Romans one this kind of self centeredness that yeah. that uh, directs one almost entirely inward. The problem is that there's nothing in you yeah. um, that you don't receive yeah. from outside of you, mm-hmm. and so. Um, so yeah, the idea of of being a self that that is um, all just on your own, completely yeah. autonomous, is actually an absurdity. And what what I actually think happens is in a not in a not in a literal way, but in a certain sense, when you do this, you s- begin to cease to exist. Yeah. So it starts with with um, you know self centered, pleasure seeking. It starts with sexual revolution and, and things like that. Um, slowly what actually happens is people begin to lose grip on reality itself. Mm. And so that we actually have a lot more of yeah. that today. So, you know, Carl Truman, um, it, you know, as he traces this, and, um, and he does a great job. Uh, but you also, I think, see that, you know, the, the logical next step in this, in the revolutions that have been happening... Yeah. Um, is a kind of revolution that that leads to the end of existence itself. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, again, not, not, an existential, not literally, yeah, right, right. Um, but as far as, you know, people losing touch with reality, losing touch with mm-hmm. what their yeah. purpose is, losing touch with, with basically disassociation, right. which is extremely common, especially in, yeah. you know, our generation and young group. Yep. Um, yep. That's becoming more... Yeah. and more common mm-hmm. and I think that's a logical next step yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm just thinking like and tell me if this kind of makes sense but if we throw off all external you know objective reality and it's all just based dependent on us to come up with or like define <coughs> who we are and define what we're supposed to be well, we've kind of like lost touch with everything outside of ourselves. So it's like, wh- where do we go? Like, right? That's the question a lot of people are asking. Like, where do I go? Like, you've told me to, you know, make my own path and all that stuff. But it's like, but how do I do that? Yeah. Like, if, if I'm just trying to blaze a whole new trail that no one has ever, which is, re- again, it's ridiculous. But it's like, where, where are you supposed to go? Where, what does that lead to? Mm-hmm. Right? What, what area of the world has, like, other people not touched and, again, has not been really shaped and defined by God? 
and what he's declared for his reality. Yeah, everything yeah. is. This mm-hmm. um, on on uh, page thirteen, just not long after the same paragraph of what you were reading from, yep. Andrew. It says the modern self finds himself in the midst of what. Robert Bella has described as a culture of expressive individualism where each of us seeks to give expression to our individual inner lives rather than seeing ourselves as embedded in communities and bound by natural and supernatural laws. Authenticity to inner feelings rather than adherence to transcendent truths becomes the norm. And this is the thing that actually that doesn't work very long. You can pretend for a time, right? Like So as a culture on a cultural level, even on like family levels, you can run off fumes for a little while, right? Like you can, you can pretend for a little while. Um, you can, in a sense, borrow the, the uh, worldview and a lot of the, the um, you know, existential substance of a previous generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But once you lose touch with the source of that, you begin to lose it all, right? You can't, that doesn't, it doesn't last very long. It only lasts a generation or two before it's all mm-hmm. gone. And then you have nothing, right? Then, right. You, then you have nothing to work on. Um, I was struck once, I was reading, uh, uh, maybe anybody who homeschools has maybe uh, heard of the book, uh, The Well-Trained Mind, I think that's what it is. It's about classical uh, education in the home. And uh, it's by a woman named, I think, Susan Wise Bauer. But at one point, I was reading this, and, and uh, she says something to the effect of, you know, we put all this pressure on kids to be creative, but we give them none of the tools with which to be creative with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was struck by that, about how, yeah, actually, that is what we do because of this expressive individualism. Yes. Um, we have this sense that everybody has this innate mm-hmm. ability to just do things, and, yeah. and, you know, we're not supposed to you know, add anything to it, right? right? Yeah. They're this, this like wonderful creative being and we just need to let them let it out. Right. I mean, anybody who has kids knows that's insane. <laughs> right. right. Like that's insane. Yeah. And terrifying. Yeah. And yeah. Terrifying. It's terrifying. Like you, yeah. you can't just let them, <laughs> you can't yeah. just let them express their individualism. Yeah. And if you were a functional member of society, no one let you do that either. Right. right? Like right. no yeah. one let you do that. But more and more, yes. what we have is yes expressive individuals and the complete collapse of any yeah. kind of society of community of <clears throat> of family of anything like that um, what you have is is literally chaos right yes. chaos is all that comes from that mm-hmm. culturally speaking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i was uh, listening to one of the it was a classical conversations podcast and he was interviewing the guy who started the institute for excellence in writing mm-hmm. and it was this kind of like time, like the guy was talking about his his approach to teaching kids how to write, and it was actually really profound. Was that he has them really just read like great works of like literature, or like poetry, like sections of it, and then they just rewrite it. Right? They just they practice rewriting that, and then eventually, then they start to okay, now rewrite it in your own words. And it's and it, I think it's a really great idea because it's like I'm I'm coming from something that has is objectively good, true, and beautiful. And I'm learning how that looks. And then I'm, you know, then I'm building that repertoire with it, like, you know, in my own mind to then be able to produce good, true, and beautiful works later on. But it's kind of like what you're saying, Michael, is that we just expect people, oh, like we want to know what's inside you. 
when nothing has been poured into you, right? right? You know, there's been nothing that has been given to you. You've not accepted anything or taken anything that's truly good and beautiful in. And then we want you to come up with something. And, yeah. yeah. And maybe, I mean, you'd even want to say, like, and of course, um, like, even from early times and like, like there are people with, that are able to, like, that have true creativity, that have interesting ideas, that, that they come up with and things, and all of that comes from somewhere else, right? It all begins somewhere else. Yes. Um, it's yeah. because you are embedded yeah. in God's world, and, and every atom of it is declaring something about <coughs> him and something about, <coughs> something about his praise and glory. Yeah. Um, then, like you, there's no such thing as, as you just, you know, are this uh, completely, you know, blank slate, and uh, we want to keep that that way, so that you're not influenced by, mm-hmm. by anything coming from, from yeah. the world or culture. Actually, no, the the very fact that you've been created by God means yeah. that you're influenced from the beginning, in one way or another, right? There's there's different ways that 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 uh, takes hold and affects people. <coughs> One of the things that I've uh, thought about and think about this idea of, of you know, what, uh, of that self-centeredness and the, you know, focus on, focus on self, the turning inward, is that actually what God requires of us as mankind is directly opposed to that. Because what he requires of us is summed up in love God and love God. Both of which are, you know, seated out. Yeah, the law, you know, yeah, this is all the law and the prophets. This is right? all the law and the prophets. And yeah. this is, right, this is the, the sum of what God requires of us yeah. as people. Yeah. Um, is to be directed toward God, directed toward our neighbor. And that's, yeah. you know, and so quite literally this, this puts you in the position puts you in a position where you are I mean you you are directly uh, breaking the law of God yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it says here on page 13 this modern self then is not accountable to the theologians who preach on how to conform oneself to God but to the therapist who counsel who counsel how to be true to oneself <laughs> thus giving the rise to what Philip Reif called described as the triumph of the therapeutic and it is the therapeutic self that has become sexualized. Where for most of human history, our sexual embodiment was rather uninteresting, sheer, given, allowing us to unite conjugally and form families, the modern therapeutic turns inward counsels, turn inward counsels people to be true to their inner sexual desires. Which, what was once simply self-evident, that a boy should grow up to be a man, to become a husband, and then assume the responsibilities of a father, now entails a search to discover an inner truth about gender identity and sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of like what you've been saying, Michael, is that you know as we as we turn inwardly, it just like reality just becomes mm-hmm. well, it doesn't become blurred, but people's perception of what reality is just becomes blurred and, and more even distorted. The most, even the most obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is the most obvious yeah. and clear and like direct, yeah, indisputable. Yeah, 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 you can't escape it. Yeah, right. You start to question those things and fall fall apart in those ways mm-hmm. um. yeah it's funny to me too is like even this 
expressive individualism, you still can't <clears throat> escape the fact that it's it's a community, right? We talk about the LGBTQ community, right? The, all that stuff. It's like, well, you're still being influenced by people. You're still being influenced by those who are outside. Like, we see such a rise in people identifying as, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender. Well, why? Well, because it's become so... It's become such a huge presence online, like social media, but in our world. Like, there's so many people that are saying, yes, you should you should explore this. You should explore this, young people. Right. So, I mean, for a long time, yeah. you had, uh, you know, especially with the, the research of, of uh, the Kinsey Institute and others, yeah. you have the idea that, okay, well, 10% of the population is going to be this way, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and if you look into how those studies were done and stuff, it's really gross and, yeah. and, and horrific stuff. But, but um, like, there was still this, even there, you still have this, like, tie, like, oh, there's just something natural. Like, it just, it's going to be about this this way. Yeah. Um, but what we've seen now, we've seen the lie that's been put to that because of <clears throat> just almost exponential growth in... Mm-hmm in these people identifying in these various ways because people are more and more number one disconnected from those communities Mm -hmm. Um, and because it's just it's quite literally taught more and more people become what they're taught right like people become uh, what they're raised to be you you know and it's not always intentional um, but you know so you know for instance when you just have the the massive breakdown in families um, the you no longer have uh, just you know the the stable environment of one father, one mother together, yeah. portraying for you what the world is like. Um, rather, it becomes a lot messier, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden, yeah. well, your perception of yourself becomes a lot messier too. Yeah. And so um, you have that you have that breakdown, that continued. Uh, Fracturing, you know, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, I, I read this uh, great book that definitely recommend by uh, Walker Percy called "Lost in the Cosmos." It's a great book, um, and I can't, you know, summarize everything that he has in it. I wish I could because it would be, uh, I think, it'd be really beneficial in these kinds of conversations to think through um, some of his ideas too. But but he basically, um, the, the idea of his book is that, you know, modern man is lost in the cosmos. We don't have a place. Um, we Because of the different, um, the different kinds of, you know, ideas <coughs> that have worked their way into the modern psyche, um, we, we've been disconnected and alienated from uh, any place in in the universe, in the cosmos, um, yeah. so so we are uh, we are lost in it. Um, he describes modern man at times as like a ghost haunting his own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, anyway, one of the things that he says though is the way that we try to reassert ourselves and our reality um, usually comes in first, like when you've been disconnected in this way, the first way that it, it shows itself is through um, sexual promiscuity and just, you know, uh, different different uh, elements of sexuality become one of the ways that basically you try to prove your existence. Hmm. This is how you can, like, how can you know? Well, it's hard to doubt 
your place in existence when you are sexually connected to somebody else, um, especially when you are sexually gratified, right? Like there's, it's hard to deny that and deny your existence and reality in those moments. Um, however, it's not impossible. And actually over time that too, especially when it's not properly ordered, right. yep. uh, when it's not being engaged in in the way that God has designed it to be, actually you start to lose touch with that too. Mm-hmm. It stops being, um, you know, even just biochemically how we're made to be, it stops being um, the the same kind of, you know, existential proof of your mm-hmm. existence yeah. that it once was. You start to lose touch even with that. And he argues that uh, what follows that is violence. Um, and um, well, I think one of the reasons that we see the increasing uh, violence all around us in society, why people yeah. are, you know, you know, angrier and angrier and, and mm-hmm. lashing out more and more, um, a lot of that comes from that kind of existential need to prove mm-hmm. to oneself their own existence. Now, again, that's not going to be con- conscious. It's not going to be something that somebody says, I really need to decide mm-hmm. whether or not I exist. Yeah. It's, that's the natural outworking, though, mm-hmm. is that uh, in order to really make it clear, yes, mm-hmm. like there's, there's something real about all of this. Um, you begin yeah. to act out in violence toward others, and obviously we see that with school yeah. shootings and and um, rioting and all kinds of stuff going on. That that is very much, I think, connected to that idea. Yeah. Uh, but this is what again, this is just what happens. You, as you focus on yourself, you lose touch with everything, um, and it becomes it becomes this inverse of the command to love God, love neighbor, mm. um, and you begin to hate God and hate yeah. neighbor to hate yourself yeah yeah well i think that's when we also see the rise in suicide too not just outward violence but even violence towards yourself right that Mm. oh like i like i should decide like when i live or die like i should decide like if i feel pain or not not other people right like i'm gonna so i think that's why we also see just the the rise in nihilism, the rise in like depression and anxiety, and then the rise in suicide. Right, that, that violence isn't just turn. Again, it's the it's the ultimate act of expressive individualism mm-hmm. is like to take your own life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's there's something like that's something like it's weird to say like you can't deny that because like once you do it, you're 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 dead and you know you're not there, you're not here anymore. But that's like one thing. It's like I can't deny that I'm taking my own life like that's you know, even just yeah. self-harm in general yeah self-harm in is general. like a lot of that comes yeah. out of this right it comes out of the you know people especially you know uh, when you look back to uh, the you know 90s early 2000s and um, there's different there's kind of a rise in um, self-harm yep. cutting um, different things like that. There's there's also a rise in, in a lot of, of eating disorders and things like that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this was happening in communities that from the outside looked like they should be happy, right? Generally, like middle class, suburban families. Yeah. You've got you've got money. You're not in need, right? You're not like having yeah. to you know every day go out and wonder if you're gonna if you're going to you know. Um, have what you need to live and so you have you have this weird contrast almost where you see from the outside you imagine the like you know nice looking suburban neighborhood and Mm -hmm. middle class home and you know dad's 
going to work every day and you go to a school that probably get you know has a decent amount of money coming in from from all of the property tax and you think wow this is a really nice place yeah and at the same time you have this huge rise in drug abuse self-harm um, big rise in again in eating disorders and things like that and it yeah. seems weird but actually no it's be- it is because it's as particularly in those places mm-hmm. that people are the most disconnected from those things which remind them of their place in the world yeah. and um, and all they have is their self yeah. usually families too are kind of individual units that are doing their own thing uh, <clears throat> where it's you know, even in yeah, uh, in other situations, you won't you won't have that. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're just struggling to get by every day, right. um, that that has its own problems. It has its own issues of you know self harm and things like that. But uh, a lot of the time, that actually that actually just keeps people right in a sense just recognizing, yeah, I have a place today. I have to go out, and, yeah. and if I don't go work, we don't have food. Yeah, and so it just connects you more directly with. Right your basic needs yeah. right. and reminds you of somewhat of the place you have. It might not be yeah. your, a mm-hmm. great understanding. It may not be a broader understanding. Sure. Um, you may just be seeking to get to that point where right. we could be in the suburbs and yeah. we could be harming ourselves. <laughs> you know, like that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. to put it in, a, yeah. you know, yep. in that light. But, yeah. but there's that, that element <coughs> of, of disconnection. It, it doesn't actually have to do with... Um, with what it looks like on the outside. Like, oh, you should be happy, right? You should be happy. No, if you're disconnected from your place in the cosmos as God has made it, um, which is going to be true, especially outside of Christ, and increasingly so as a culture removes itself from Christ. Um, And I think, by the way, I think especially true in an apostate culture, as opposed to like a pagan culture. Mm -hmm. Often pagan cultures were much more there was a lot of you know horrific things and mm-hmm. self-harm and stuff yeah. but they were much more connected to the world mm-hmm. and to community in a way that uh, that specifically in the western world as it has apostatized yeah. as it has like left Christ right. um, things have gotten to a place where actually they doesn't seem like they've yeah. ever been before yeah. uh, when it comes to these existential issues and not actually knowing your place in, in the whole of things yeah mm-hmm. So, Chase, you're a youth pastor. Director. Dire- I mean, but yeah, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> Director. <laughs> Got to get the terminology right. Um, <laughs> as you counsel, I mean, I don't want you to devolve in for any information about that you're not comfortable with, but like, is there kind of, you've seen this as you've counseled y- younger people? And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, like, what is, like, what are the things you see in like this expressive individualism and how it's coming up in the, you know, in the subsequent generations. Yeah, I think if anything, it's just strengthened my resolve. I don't want my kids in the public school system right now. Uh, I don't know. It's, um, we could have told you that. Yeah, this is just the... If, I mean, it's, it's the air kids are breathing. It's... Um, like, it's, it's, it's funny how... But as long as they have an hour of youth group every week. That's right. Yeah, well, then they're good. Yeah, yeah. That's, parents can wipe their hands. They've done their Christian discipleship as yeah. a family. Don't worry. My kids are going to church on Sunday and Wednesday night, so they're good. Um, yeah, yeah. 
No, and it's it's interesting how challenging it can appear to be for these teenagers to distinguish between, well, obviously my teachers are saying it, this is universally accepted and everybody believes this and it must be true in the same way that if my pastor on Sunday or director on Wednesday night says this, that must also be true. And so they start to try to parse together these weird, these fabrics which don't go together, frankly, yeah, these materials that like, oh, you're you're actually trying to like make this profound... Um, expositional discovery from the text yeah. that actually you're reading in a lot of the worldview that you've started to develop yeah. that is so frankly um, against the grain of, mm. of what the original author would have had in mind or his audience yes. and so that's it's really impacting how we read the Bible yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah I don't know I think the challenge there is it, you don't know what you don't know and especially yeah. for all these kids who are being told by the people that they're told to respect their parents to, you know they send them to school because obviously my parents wouldn't send me to this school if my parents didn't trust the, the people that were teaching here, which yeah. also means, ipso facto, they trust the teaching that's happening. Yes. And yeah. so it becomes, yeah, very like the idea that you shouldn't be real to your truest self, yeah. um, that would be a very like, well, why shouldn't I be true? Like yeah. all of my, t- I've always been told. I, in fact, even frankly, personally, me, Chase, I can still think of like when I was in elementary school, starting to have those thoughts of like, man, I'm being told to like, they didn't use the term authenticity like they do today, yeah. but it, that's what was being argued. And yeah. I can remember asking teachers, like, well, where's the line? Like, yeah. like you, you're telling me to, like, um, I don't even know the nomenclature. I was, you're telling me to be creative, yeah. but, like, you still want me to sing the alphabet in the right order, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 you're still going to grade just, this. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> where, where is the line? Re- I mean, sometimes yeah. you phone and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Only at MBTS. Only at yeah. MBTS. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, man, yeah. no, it's, it is, it's certainly challenging. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. necessary, like, um, necessary asking questions of, well, hey, where do you, where does that come from? Where do you like, yeah. where do you think that belief stems from? And, yeah. and do you like, let's, let's weigh it. Let's test the accuracy yeah. of that thing. Well, I, uh, I remember listening to a, uh, a guy talking about, he was an uh, apologist. I was listening to his podcast or whatever. And he said he was, he went to this one um, building. It was like their grand opening or whatever. And it was like, it was new. It was bold because they had like staircases that didn't lead anywhere. They had like, you know, oh, all this stuff that like just didn't seem to like, has serve any purpose so it made you it was supposed to be this big abstract thing that made you like think outside the box for next year. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> exactly yeah um you know it was supposed to like be like oh profound and abstract and like this is this is not this is going against the grain of everything and he sits there and he asks the person who's giving the tour i wonder if they did that with the foundation right if they made the foundation purposeless, if like they, uh-huh. if they, if they could that draw outside really the lines, all over the place. yeah, it's let's great, do all this. All, like, why do we, great why do, why did, why does the foundation have to be within code and standard? Yep. And everything else and can everything be, else, you know, yeah. it's like, like all the frosting, we, with yeah. the frosting, we can be creative. Yeah. We can tell people to be creative. Exactly. But with the actual, Cake. the substance, yeah, yeah we're not, gonna, we're not going to screw with that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. So we're still going to follow the recipe there. It's, it's just funny. Cause it's like, it's this. They're like putting this veneer on everything mm-hmm. that like you can just be whatever you right. want it to be. You can create your own world, but yet, that's in reality, that's not the way things are. It goes right. back to what you yeah. were talking about earlier of like this idea of this creates a foundationless society, a basisless society. So, yeah, maybe you can do it for a generation, but then yeah. where does it leave you? Yeah, yeah if, right. if you do start to screw with the foundation, if you do start to yeah. screw with the structure, bad news bears, you won't ever yeah. get to those meaningless stairs because there's exactly. going to be a problem way before that. Exactly, right? exactly, right? Yeah, at some point it all falls apart. But the, actually the scary thing is that um, you can 
you can live in that place for a long time yeah. where you're still taking yeah. for granted the foundation, yeah. but you're destroying everything above it, yeah. right? Everything else. And you will eventually, and I mean, we see this all over the place, that eventually you will go for the foundation. Yeah. Eventually you will try to destroy that too. Mm-hmm. And um, people are actively trying to do that um, yeah. everywhere around us right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's... A, it's a dangerous, it's a really dangerous game to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, this is, uh, I think this gives some idea of kind of where we'll be heading and, and also um, where we want to maybe take some of this conversation and talking a little bit more about what do we do because it's hard uh, yeah. to know. But I think that, that one of the things that is helpful about tracing this historically down through centuries Yeah is recognizing that this didn't happen in a day. Mm-hmm. This didn't just happen in our right. lifetime. It's not like, man, the 90s were great, yeah. and now look at us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, although our our uh, kids have now been accustomed to saying things like, let's watch a 90s movie, because <laughs> we've watched some 90s movies that Emily and I grew up with that we love, and, yeah. and that they're, we're like, these are just good movies, because we're just used to them. Oh, on the contrary, I watched X-Men, the original one last uh, night, from 2000, good. and it's, I was like, this is good. no. 2000, not the 90s. No. <laughs> well, well, it's, just, it's, fine. On the, on the, it's on the other side of the millennium. It's on the other side. <laughs> but anyway, I, like, you, know, we just, you know, our, yeah, our kids yeah. look back to that. It's like, the good, the good days. Right, the good old days. Uh, but they're not the good days, right? They're yeah. not... Uh, they're not actually the good days. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been building and things have been moving in this direction for a long time. And what that yeah. means is that the fix isn't going to come overnight either. Yeah. Um, there's no quick change. There's no, hey, well, we're just going to go and we're going to logically reason with everybody. Well, we're going to legislate gonna this change. one law. We're gonna, yeah, right. Yep. We're going to put this in place and then everything will change. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And probably even we're not the people to do it because we were all trained in this system, yeah. brought up in this system. And what we have to see is that actually we need to be preparing the way for the next generation. Yeah. Uh, but toward that end, uh, Ryan Anderson, he uh, says, this is on uh, page 15. I'll actually start in uh, 14 just to get a little mm-hmm. bit of the context. But he says, most importantly, Truman calls on the church not only to bear witness to the truth, but to be a place of belonging for the broken, forming community and living culturally Uh, Families in particular will need to consider what this means in the formation of their children. And here's the line that I think is is really central. He says, simply attending church each Sunday will not cut it anymore, if it ever did. Mm -hmm. Socially embodied ways of living in conformity with ultimate realities will prove essential. And um, actually, I mean, they'll prove essential. They are essential. Um, They are... uh, existentially essential as we've been talking about there like for you to know your place to know what you're for to have purpose and meaning um, actually that's exactly what is going to be necessary is uh, communal life that is focused on Christ that is is Mm -hmm. um, directed by the directed by his revelation Uh, and so it, it gives you your place you know Um, but that's something that you know we have to live out and that's something that has to be lived out over the course of yeah of a long time Mm -hmm. generations even in order to you know fully realize the blessings you can have some of the blessing right now i mean today but to fully realize all the blessings that come from this it's going to take time right it's Mm -hmm. it's quite literally covenantal in nature 
Um, and so I think it's just a good reminder as we get started on this that, hey, whatever the fix is, yeah. number one, it won't be easy. Number two, it's not going to come overnight. Yeah. It's going to take a lot, you know? Yeah, I read a, a book by James K. Smith called You Are What You Love. Mm. And uh, I'll be honest, I slept on it. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah, this kind of seems like a weird title. Like, uh, but I, I had to read it for a class. I was blown away. Mm. It was an excellent book. But he really talked about this, like, of like, sh- how do we shape the next generation? Like, how do we shape those who come after us? How do we shape our kids? to love Christ and to be a Christian people and to change the culture around them. It's like, we have to create a robust Christian culture because it's not just a a matter of this is the right thing, telling them the right thing. It's a matter of getting to love the right things, right? And just like his, his like going into like talking about like, you know, the liturgy, not just of your church service, but of your whole life. Like letting that, like letting the church, like having the church shape your whole life, your whole week, your whole existence like that like everything that happens outside the church is just an outpouring of like the covenant community of your local body of believers and it's like it was it was really it was really good but i think that's really what he's touching on here is right is that you know a place of belonging for the broken forming communities and living culturally right that we we create these robust christian cultures um in our local churches in our homes right and you said that we laying we're re laying the foundation of Christ, right? Like the apostle Paul says, you know, no one can lay any other foundation except that which was already laid, which is Christ. He's the foundation. Mm-hmm. So I think getting back to that, right? And then this, and then like you said, creating institutions, building back institutions that support that mission, whether it's Christian schools, you know, Christian homeschooling groups, um, you know, businesses where, you know, we're hiring people within the church we're you know all that stuff we're building business together with other people within the church like we're we're creating you know structures and infrastructure that is supporting this this cultural revolution as it were you know yeah. this this cultural reformation back to the foundation that is jesus christ I, I think is so vital in our day but like you said michael it's this is like a multi-generational effort and this is and this is the this is what it's going to take it's going to take a view of we're in this for the long run, right? I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit last time, but the, the kind of dispensational premillennial viewpoint that is so popular in, in our in our evangelical world really has, f- like, been detrimental to this idea of, like, we're in this for the long term. Like, look, if we're, bu- if we're, like, if we're halfway through, like, laying the foundation and the Lord comes back, praise God, right? But what happens if we never start building the foundation because we... You know, and we never start the, you know, framing up the building and the Lord st- is still tearing and we're just sitting there doing nothing. And that's, and that's my, ch- that's my challenge, honestly. And that was really part of, again, we're, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here. I don't want to go, <laughs> go that route, but, but that, that idea of like, oh, we don't need, we shouldn't do anything because, you know, Christ is coming back again. Like we, we will not have a long term view of like how to build these infrastructures of how to create this culture. And but even, you should just yeah. have the view of, I mean, yeah, Christ is coming back soon. I want to yeah. build something exactly. great for him. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Want, yeah. For more on this topic, see Jaunty Roads coming. <laughs> made simple. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. But yeah. Um, oh, one, thing, one last thing I wanted to, what did I want to read? 
This is just a forward, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We're just in a forward. Yeah, this is us talking about five or six pages worth. So you wait yeah. till we get to chapter one. Yeah. It's going to get wild. It's going to be Joe Rogan length. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> People at the coffee shop are going to force us to buy more things. I bought nothing today. So. Yeah. Well, he talked about, yeah, here it is on page 15 where uh, Mr. Anderson talks about the book that he wrote. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Ryan Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Uh, when Harry became Sally, responding to the transgender moment. So he says, the title was meant to suggest two things, that the transgender ideology was not the truth about man, but was the result of various cultural forces producing this moment in history. And with that one generation, popular culture had gone from questioning whether a man and a woman could be just friends in the book or whatever it's a book or movie when harry met sally to declaring there was a civil right for a man to become a woman so like right there he just he makes that claim that like look transgender ideology is not the truth about man it's not the objective reality about humankind right and we just see that it was various cultural forces that are producing this moment in history um, which I think is a very interesting observation, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's true, really, right? Like it's funny to me because they always they always want to say, "Oh, gender is a social construct." And I'm like, "Well, transgenderism isn't, right?" You, like, you, like you, do you like the rise of this and like the influence of culture and social media and like pop culture on like pushing this agenda that doesn't that doesn't count as a social construct? Like, what what do you what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? Um, but I, I think like his his claim that right the truth that this is not the truth about mankind this is not reality and we kind of have been talking about how again when we 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 turn inwardly we start to lose touch with outward reality.